This is Gray Man Media Content. Hello everyone for Gray Man Media, I'm Devin and this is Down to Earth with Austin Evans. Austin is a producer and personality for Gray Man Media. He's a six foot five bald man who hosts the show, The Baldcasters. You can find the show wherever you listen to podcasts. Austin, how the hell are you? I'm good. Thank you for having me on. Yeah, absolutely. Um, this hasn't been canceled multiple times. I thought it's only been canceled once. <laughs> I'm I'm pretty sure I was the episode that was canceled. Uh, yeah. Uh, anyway, we're gonna talk about uh, the Baldcasters. Okay. Um, so Austin's been um doing this show for Great Man Media uh with uh one Eric Lenum uh Lenum uh however you want to say it it doesn't matter um he's not important <laughs> and uh and, and go ahead and tell people what your show is kind of about yeah so it's um as you of, play with a can of diced tomatoes yeah i mean you know you guys got your pantry over here just, you know, just going through it you know see what you guys got see you got some spicy chicken quesadilla soup <laughs> Pretty good, pretty good. Um, yeah, so Baldcasters is our uh, our weekly podcast. Or we talk about uh, all different types of nerd shit. We talk about sports, comics, D and D, video games. Um, we're actually about to start doing weekly game reviews on the podcast. Which oh, is really? Pretty cool. Yeah, we're about to we're about to run through like a game a week, and then That's pretty dope. and then do, like we're gonna start with all the Halos, run through all of the Halos, do a do a review each one because Eric's never played through the Halos. What? Um, yeah, I know. It's, it's weird, right? Yeah. That's crazy. Um, so, yeah, we're about to start doing that. Uh, pretty excited. Uh, it will almost certainly start before this po- this episode airs. Almost certainly. Oh, there is a 100% chance yeah. of that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, Down to Earth is, uh, the schedule is tentative. <laughs> Great. I can't wait for this episode to never come out. Oh, it'll come out. It Listen, it's you act like you're going to listen to it in the first place. <laughs> <laughs> I'll give you a view. Yeah, that's all that matters. Um, <laughs> so it's interesting because it starts out like you guys, you guys talk about sports and stuff. So it's like, oh, it's like the, this, this like classic like fraternity kind of guy thing, and then you devolve into like nerdism and and yeah. and, and other shit like that. Yeah, we actually do see you see a big, a big shift in like what defines quote unquote a nerd. Nowadays, I mean, yeah. a lot more nerds are into sports. It's it's becoming a lot less taboo, in in the uh, the geek um, community. <laughs> so definitely a lot less taboo, and especially because you know there's a lot more prominence in sports video games, uh, okay. especially competitively, especially um, where a lot of geeks and nerds will get into sports video games, and that introduces them into the overarching. You know, realm of sports. Yeah, dude, I love playing. Um, you know the 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 same football game every year. Oh, absolutely, yeah. <laughs> but last last good Madden was '06, and you can't convince me otherwise. I think I think the most recent Madden game that I played was like '08, and uh, it was almost certainly the same exact game as '06. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> hey, but they update the rosters, right? And they convince you to spend an extra sixty bucks every year. Yeah, or you could just like download the updated rosters. Oh, you can do that. Yeah. Why are they selling this game? Because people are willing to buy it. Because people only also people only play competitively on the newest. Okay. So it's kind of like how Call of Duty comes out every year, but it's basically the same multiplayer every year. But at least with Call of Duty, it's like they usually change the setting. Like I'm not arguing for Call of Duty. I want to be very clear (laughs) because I think it's insane how they release Call of Duty, but. 
At least they change like the setting and shit. Well, but that's that's what you see with all these yearly releases where they'll just like change little cosmetic things and then because like uh, Call of Call of Duty, most of the Call of Duties are basically the exact same game with just like again a different setting. Yeah. No, couldn't couldn't could could couldn't um, mm-hmm. couldn't agree more. Um, yeah, so, and then another thing that you guys talk about is, uh, comics, comic books. Yeah, we've been, unfortunately, we've been uh, slacking on the comics recently. Um, we have not been reading a lot. We've been <laughs> very, very busy people. Uh, so we have been Shocking. putting our time, yeah, putting our time on, on other things, uh, things that we are a little bit more knowledgeable in the first place and then, yeah. um, able to just make a little bit better content. Uh, we'll, we'll end up coming back to comics as soon as we, like, get a little bit more educated in uh, an overarching lore and all that kind of stuff. We talk about, like, some of our favorite story arcs and, like, what makes a good comic story and all that kind of stuff. Um, but we're just not in-depth enough to be able to have educated conversations every week about comics. Is there is there a position in basketball that you guys haven't touched yet? Because I know every every week, for any of you all who haven't listened, first off, stop this podcast and go listen. Um, and then come back. <laughs> is there every week you guys go through uh, your all's uh, like the positions in basketball, and you guys talk about your like your favorite players, whether they be um, current players or I guess like or Hall of Fame players. Yeah, yeah. So um, we have recorded, <laughs> we have recorded episodes that have included every position. Um, however, I'm not sure all of them have been posted. Hopefully they will all be posted by the time of this. They will definitely, um, yeah. Those but will be. they, uh, at this point, they have not, I don't believe they have all been posted. I think we're just missing our center video. Audio. Audio, yeah. Yeah, yeah, you know what I'm talking about. Eric loves to call you out on that, by the way. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. Okay, are you guys so so now that you've covered all the basketball things, are you guys going to go through like football and other oh, sports or what? I'm I'm in the process of teaching Eric about football. So that, interesting. Yeah, so that he can he likes football and he's he's been a football fan but he doesn't know very much about football. Uh, not nearly as much as he does about basketball. Sure. Uh, and I think he'll be the first person to tell you that. Um but he is in the process of learning it. We we do have a couple of episodes where we like reference different things in football like um we had one episode recently where we talked about interesting rules in sports i talked about an interesting rule in football is that so if you kick if you have a kickoff and it goes out of bounds instead of starting at the the 25 yard line you go all the way up to the 35 yard line that's where you start your drive so however if someone is standing out of bounds and they catch it even though it's inbounds it's still considered out of bounds because they're standing out of bounds and we do like we have probably three or four different um, instances in football history where you do see that happen where, like, there's a ball, like, rolling down. It's coming towards, like, the corner, but it looks like it's going to go towards the end zone, and a player will, like, stand in the out-of-bounds and then lay down and grab the ball so they get out to further down for better field position. Here's a here's a thing that proves that I watch sports. Um, <laughs> you remember a few years ago during the Super Bowl, I believe it was the Saints versus the... Uh, Steelers, um, the Saints caught uh, the, like the 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 kickoff from the from the get go and then ran it for a fucking touchdown. Do you know what I'm talking? I think about? that was, I think that was Saints Colts. But yeah, I do know. Yeah, I know what you're talking. Yeah, about. Yeah, I watch sports. Yeah. Uh, 
<laughs> You're doing great, bud. Yeah, dude. Dude, this Super Bowl. How crazy. Uh, Tom Brady with another win. Yeah, I mean, I'm a firm believer that you don't bet against Tom Brady in the playoffs. Um, You did tell me that. I called you morning of, and you were like, I was, you were like, oh, do you want to know who wins? Never bet against Tom Brady. Yeah, never going (laughs) to, yeah. I mean, he's the greatest athlete to ever step on a football field. There's a lot of people who really love to hate that man. And I, listen, I'm a really big fan of excellence, and that man has, (laughs) as, as an avid, uh, uh, sports watcher, such as myself. Um, <laughs> sorry, I'm putting my uh, put on. Do not disturb. There we go. Sorry. Uh, uh, you know me. I'm a huge sports guy. Um, sure. <laughs> that was sarcasm for anyone at the. Uh... Uh, I I I really respect that man. Um, because he clearly. I mean, how do you argue against his record? Like you can't. It's. It's not it's, possible. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Uh, he has more Super Bowl wins than any individual franchise in the NFL. Um, so by that standard, what? he's better than every other team, not just player, every other team in the history of the NFL. And you can you can talk about the fact that, like, yeah, he's had Belichick for most of his career. And, yeah, it's all well and good. You're talking about one of the greatest coaches to ever do it. However, we see him go down to Tampa – Basically stacked the deck in his favor because that team was absolutely broken. <laughs> yeah, um, like we like You're a lot of people thought. So many people off right now. But yeah. you don't care because no, I don't care because I'm. <laughs> I mean, go ahead, go ahead and try to prove me wrong. Go ahead. Uh, so I mean, everyone was like, "Oh, Kansas City's broken and everything." And then, <laughs> meanwhile, you have Tampa Bay, the Tampa Bay Gronkineers <laughs> that are just over here. Putting everything together, and then they already had a, a really good defense and a really good offense, and then they went and signed one of the best edge rushers. Well, sorry, not edge rushers, but one of the best defensive tackles in the game, Adam Katsu. He's not quite in his prime anymore, but he is still dominant. Then on the offensive side, you go and sign one of the most talented wide receivers we've ever seen play the game, in Antonio Brown, and you see maybe the second or third best tight end of all time, and and you know Gronkowski that came back just because he wanted to go win a ring with with Tom. And all that does is first of all we're seeing we're seeing what's happening in football right now is the same thing that's been happening in in basketball for the last 10 15 years where a lot of players are becoming a lot more mobile and they're moving towards um these these epicenters of sports. And I talk a lot about on the ballcasters about I'm not I'm not entirely sold that it's a good thing that mobility and like I like I like players having choices on where they want to go and having control over their careers. However, it does make it a lot harder for smaller uh for smaller teams, mm-hmm. especially in smaller markets. I'm a really I'm a I'm a Tennessee Titans fan. Um Nashville's not the biggest football market. Um so I may be, you know, speaking from, you know, a pace a place of hate right now. But um, you know, I think that a lot of especially fans of smaller teams, um Denver's one that's been hit pretty hard about this. I mean, they've had recent success when Peyton Manning came there, but since then they've basically been irrelevant. Um, sorry, Denver fans. Um, your team is pretty trash right now. Uh, how? But, yeah, so that's kind of what you see where, like, you know, people are – players are moving towards these stacked teams just so they can go in a ring, which, like, that's all well and good. And I'm all for – again, I'm all for players having control over their careers and where they want to go. However, it does create a big vacuum for 
for the the talent in the league. Um, Andrew Luck. Anyway, um, yeah, uh, yeah. Indianapolis uh, ruined that man's career. I'm a Colts fan. You need to calm down. I know nothing of the sports. Yeah, they absolutely ruined that man's career. Uh, I was just saying Andrew Luck because I wanted to prove that I knew another name in the in the game. Okay, um, great. Um, <laughs> Eli Manning, Peyton Manning, uh, 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 fucking Brett Favre. Um, <laughs> Proud of you. None of those players play anymore. You're lying to me right now. Eli Manning retired at the end of last season. Um, Peyton Manning retired like four or five years ago. Well, Andrew Luck retired like two years ago. Yeah, but that's because Peyton Brett got Favre that. Retired like, Brett Favre retired like three times. <laughs> Uh, just so he could get off the teams, and his most recent one was like seven years ago. So listen, Peyton did it because he got that Allstate money. Peyton did it because he was old <laughs> and he was ready to retire. Um. So anyway, I know sports. Um. That's neither here nor there. <laughs> Fuck. I'm being demasculated I came, on my own fucking show. I, I came ready for the heat, my man. I came um, ready for the heat. I was ready. What do you think was the most heated um, debate uh, on the broadcasters? Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. There's a lot. <clears throat> I will say early early episodes are not my shining moment of, uh, of patience. <laughs> uh, there's a lot of moments where I just kind of throw my hands up and be like, all right, we're just not going to agree on this, so right, we're but, just going to move on. But, but just besides that, just like what do you think – like? Probably where, where both of you had probably a good argument to make. You know what I mean? <clears throat> probably when we talk about when we talk about the greatest coaches. So I recently listened to this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um it is not not because like it's just like we're there is a moment where where I just kind of start yelling and it's it's pretty funny. <laughs> it's, 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 it's honestly funny. really funny. Uh, but it's, it's not because of all that, but it's because like, I, I like to, I'm a very big statistics guy and um, Eric, and Eric just goes, I just feel like, yeah. And Eric goes <laughs> completely, completely off a of feeling. And while both are very like valid, yeah, like the eye test is really good for like, actually, you know, a lot, a lot can be proven with the eye test. However, <laughs> however, when, when your opponent is sitting there spitting facts and just spitting out statistics, like real statistics. You know, when you counter with, uh, I just feel like. And but then Eric will also do so. Like during that episode, we talk about. Um, so I make the argument that Phil Jackson is the best coach of all time mm-hmm. in the NBA, and like I'm just spitting facts. And then I also made, and he makes the argument that Popovich is. And uh, during that. I go, part of the reason why I put it in there is that, like, both of them were very sound fundamentally. Yeah. Um, I mean, they would not have won as many rings on either side if if they weren't. Well, there's a reason you both had this part, this this take. Yeah. They're, they're uh, obviously good coaches. Yeah, they're, they're, they're both really, really good coaches. And, but also, with, I mean, with Phil has way more rings than, than Popovich. I mean, let's just go ahead and say that. And he has it with two different teams. Um, <laughs> Greg Popovich only has rings when he had Tim Duncan on his team. Just so, saying. So so by the way, later today I'm gonna do an everyday people episode with Eric. I cannot wait. I, I'm gonna prompt him to do this. I cannot wait. <laughs> I, I love that we're having this proxy war on your show. <laughs> Thanks. Wow. Go ahead. So and I'm I talk about like with when 
uh, when Jackson was with the Bulls and then later with the Lakers, like obviously those were both very found, sound fundamentally team. As a guy who knows all about sports, um, right. the the Bulls that you're talking about, Michael, Michael Jordan Bulls. Yeah. Okay, that's yeah. what great greatest player so, of all time. So I'm gonna go off the record here. I don't know anything about sports. Okay, um, great. <laughs> I, that's what I assumed when I was listening to that uh, yeah. that episode. I was like, "Is that? I wonder if that's the Michael Jordan Bulls." Yes, yeah, Michael Jordan Bulls, and then he went and coached the Kobe Lakers. Wow. Anyway, so go ahead. Yeah. So while um, while again, both of them won a lot of rings, and obviously they were both just very good teams. <clears throat> uh, the Bulls and the Lakers had the added layer of being a lot more exciting than the Spurs, and Eric immediately equates that to. Oh, so just because they're more exciting, they're yeah. better. And I was like, I was like, no, that's not what I said. That that's just another facet that adds another layer to the team that could point towards Phil being a better coach than Greg. It, just it's, saying. It's really funny if you guys have never listened to a podcaster episode. A, a lot of what happens and a lot of where the heated argument comes from. I'm already so frustrated. It, it's <laughs> it's Austin just spitting facts. And then Eric and Austin's getting heated as he progresses through his argument. He's getting more and more upset because he's straight spitting facts. And then Eric just it, as calm as could be just says, but I just feel like, <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much exactly how Baldcaster's episodes go. <laughs> I am. Uh, I, I really try to keep my cool during the episode because, like, you know, I want to be perfect to, to an extent. You know, I, I, it is still comedy and it's still great content for when I get upset. However, however, there is a uh, there is a level. <laughs> the first 20 minutes, roughly, of, of a Baldcaster episode is about sports. But the reason I listen to it, you know, not because I'm not a sports guy, because I'm definitely a sports guy. Um <laughs> We're gonna keep running. We're gonna keep. I know that you're, dead you're really just gaslighting your audience. Yeah, huh? it doesn't matter. Is <laughs> uh, it, it, it's really just funny hearing the argument. After that, you guys start talking about nerd stuff, and you guys are both really chill about it because yeah. you know you're allowed to have we're, your own opinions about that. Apparently, we're both super passionate about sports. Yeah, um, <laughs> we are. And not that we're not passionate about the rest of the things we talk about, but like I. We both grew up as basketball fans. I grew up more as an NFL fan than a basketball than, a, than an NBA fan. Uh, I got an NBA when I was probably eleven or twelve. I've been watching football since the earliest memories in my brain, um, as literally as long as I've been watching Star Wars. And um, so, but I'm also I'm a big fan of like '90s basketball, where it's really physical and there's a lot of different. Like it, it was not. A um, a powder puff league like it is today, where you cannot, you can't even <laughs> breathe on someone without getting a foul. <laughs> so, with that being said, I I appreciate more like I appreciate like large centers that like will just back someone down in the paint. Um, but Eric, to his credit, has adapted in his in his love of basketball over the years. He used to really like. 90s basketball with the physicality, but he also really likes today where it's very skill based, a lot more like dribble moves, getting space. Um, and I mean, also, I mean, to his credit, it is a lot safer of a league now. You don't have nearly as many injuries that you do still have the occasional injury, but you don't have nearly as much as you did in the 90s. Um, 
it's it's not as physically taxing, so a lot of players can have longer careers um, than again in early eight, uh, like late eighties, early nineties basketball. Um, which there is a there is a benefit to that. However, <laughs> however, there is a, there does come to a point where we have we have taken out a large facet of of the game by taking away the physicality of it. And it's a lot more like you have some of the greatest athletes on the planet playing this game, which is crazy. They could be, they could be professional football players. They could be track stars. They could be baseball players. They could be whatever they wanted. They chose to play basketball and you, you take away a certain facet of the game and you do see a lot of switches. Like the biggest, the biggest issue that I have with it, um, with the change that we've seen in basketball is when I go and watch like um, high school basketball, mm. for instance, um, nobody's going and practicing like layups or dunks or like, or um, their, their post play. The post is like where you're down under the basket. Um, so no one's practicing that everyone goes to three point line and just starts t- shooting up threes. I was going to make that, that I was going to bring that up uh, in a, in a recent podcast episode. You, you, Highlighted that no one is doing these things anymore. Because why would why would yeah you why sh- would you? I mean threes are better than twos right. and if, typically if you can shoot a deep two you can make a three. However, um, there is I mean basketball has always been this game of of a mix of twos and threes. Mm-hmm. Um, it wasn't as much in in the uh, the nineties where it was a, a very two dominant league, uh, and we have switched very much to a three dominant league with. Between uh, Popovich's Spurs and then obviously Golden State Warriors, who just exploded with it, and now every team just has to shoot like fifty threes a game, which is ridiculous. And so you see the a uh, the, the change. And Eric likes to bring up a pendulum and how um, you constantly see switching in the league. Where I mean, it used to be a really deep two league where back in like the early eighties. Uh, where people were making jump shots, there there was still like backing people down, but it was more shooter heavy, guard heavy. Um, you know, guards were the predominant force in the league during the '90s. It switched more towards bigs and early 2000s, and then now it's switching again towards skill based guards, uh, and then even like skill based bigs with people like Nikola Jokic out in Denver. Um, LeBron is in essence a big man who just plays like a point guard. Um, so you do see the pendulum swinging and we talk a lot about like it, when is that pendulum going to swing back towards big, um, toward like big game basketball or like backing down people and the, um, and also like how are are the rules going to change once we see that switch? Are we still going to have these ticky tack fouls where like basically anything gets you a foul or is it going to adapt or the rules going to adapt to allow more physical play once you see that transition. And that's what I was going to ask. As as somebody who, again, I'm going off record here, as somebody who's not a sports guy, yeah. um, <laughs> to me, like, watching older clips of basketball players, you know, doing these, like, dunks and layups and stuff like that, that was really exciting, even as somebody who didn't really watch the game. And now there, you see a lot less of that. Do you think that this is just the natural progression? Like this was just bound to happen eventually at some point. And do you think that eventually it'll come back around? Or do you think that because the, they're winning games with the, the, the three pointers that it's just not going to come back? Well, it depends. Um, <clears throat> we talk a lot about on, on the Baldcasters about 
you know, if, if you start focusing a lot on shooters, all it's going to take is one really big dude to come in and just start dominating people down low to be like, oh, well, we're going to need someone to guard him. And then and then that'll start oh, filling it up. So okay. that's how that's how these these changes typically happen is that um, especially with like the, the Spurs are the ones that pine. I will give I will give Popovich credit that the Spurs are the ones that kind of pioneered the three point line in the uh, the early to mid 2000s mm. where basically their entire team was taking threes didn't matter what position you were at um so i mean obviously their center didn't often take threes but he was still able to uh, and then tim duncan is one of the greatest power forwards to ever play the game he was all i mean he was shooting he was spot up shooting all that kind of stuff so then you saw Everyone was like, "Oh, well, we need to start doing that because they're just like blowing people out of the water, exchanging twos for uh, exchanging threes for twos." And they were like, "Well, we got to keep up with that." So that's how you got teams like like Portland is very three point heavy with um, Dame and then CJ McCollum with their powerful backcourt. Um, the um, the the Warriors obviously very three point heavy. Obviously, um, they're but they're all they're also one of the more the reason that it works for Golden State and it doesn't work for other teams is that they also are one of the more selfless teams in the league where they're they're more than willing to make that next pass uh, to get a better look than than what they have. Um, and and then obviously with... Um, sorry, I should stop saying obviously since you're not a sports person, but... <laughs> I am an avid sports person. Sir. Great. Um, but with the Nets, we also talk a lot about the Nets GM name is Sean Marks. He is the, he has balls the size of coconuts. I swear to god. He is so the Nets are have throughout their history been the number 2 team in New York. Um that is, you know, they had a little stint where they were like, "Oh, we'll be better than the Knicks for a little bit." But most of the time it's been the Knicks have been New York's team and the Nets have been like this afterthought that are that's just chilling down in Brooklyn. And so what what Sean Marks is doing is going like, no, fuck you. We're just gonna we're just gonna go grab literally every superstar we can. So they started with everyone thought that Durant and and Kyrie last year were gonna go to not last year, the year before last, we're gonna go to um to the Knicks because they both have businesses in New York. It just kind of made sense. Um and I mean if again if you're gonna go to the Knicks or the Nets, you're probably gonna go to the Knicks. Well, they just shocked everyone and went to the Nets. And they were like, yeah, cool. Yeah. <laughs> and then Sean Marks was like, you know what? We can make this team better. So then they went out and got James Harden, which is the most prolific score of, an, of a generation. Just along with Kyrie Irving that has the best handles of any player that's ever played the game of basketball. And Kevin Durant, who at seven foot, might be the best scoring seven footer that's ever played the game. So they, they got those three. And then they were like, you know what? Oh, on top of having DeAndre Jordan, who's not, you know, in his prime anymore, but can still give you like 12, 13 rebounds a game. And on this team, that's really all he needs to do. And then and then you go out and then this past week, th- this will be months, months ago at the time of this uh dropping, they went out and got Blake Griffin, who is a um there was a time where Blake Griffin was maybe the second or third best power forward in the league. He's not there anymore. He's not that guy anymore. However, they don't need him to be that guy anymore. They need him to be like 
60% of what he was in his prime, and he's still probably like 85% of what he was in his prime. <laughs> so this team is ridiculous. And then they're like, they're, they're stupid deep, too. I don't know how this man is paying everyone. I think he's paying Blake Griffin like $700,000 a year, It was which is ridiculous because... I think Detroit's still paying him like $10 million this year. So he's like, all right, I'll just take $700,000. You know, that's fine. It's fine. We'll just do that. And it is, this man's balls are the size of elephant balls. It's ridiculous. <laughs> he has absolute, probably, probably my favorite GM in the league. I'm not a huge, not a huge Nets fan because um, this team is fucking broken. But Sean Marks, Sean Marks is doing it right. He is he is absolutely putting his team in a position to succeed. I would be shocked if they do not win the the championship this year. So obviously, <laughs> obviously, as you can tell, Austin is incredibly passionate about sports. Um, it, it, you can get this uh, plus somebody who actually knows what the fuck they're talking about, <laughs> <laughs> as opposed to me, who can argue all these things. Uh, that's the Baldcasters. Uh, get it wherever you listen to your podcast. Um, we're going to be right back. And when we come back, we're going to, we're going to figure out a little bit more about Austin. So you guys can, uh, learn his mysterious side. Oh, great. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We're back. Um, by the way, in King Skull Island, they make that King motherfucker Skull? huge. And Kong Skull Island? Yeah. He's not, he's like. A tenth of the size that he's going to be in Godzilla vs. Kong. He's so big. Yeah, but he's not like... He's as big as a mountain. Yeah, but like in Kong Skull Island, he's the size of a fucking battleship. Like he's fucking... He's the size of Godzilla. He's still really big in that. What are you talking about? Do you he, not remember that show or that no, movie? No, yeah, yeah. He he's was like... Fucking he was fucking like, He was like two trees. That's a monkey. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's like his whole bit. He's a really big monkey. What do you mean? I, and also, it's a gorilla. That's his whole bit. Yeah, it's his whole his fucking whole thing. Because he, he doesn't have powers like Godzilla does. So, like, he has he has monkey. Who do you think's going to win? Is that even a question? There's there's no... First of all, there's no way they're actually going to end up like... No, no, no. They what? said that there was going to be a decisive winner. Oh, well, then it's almost certainly going to be Godzilla. There's if no fucking way. If it's not Godzilla, I'm going to be pissed. Yeah, that that would be absolute Here's answer. what I think is going to happen, okay. because uh, I watched a couple breakdowns of the trailer. It looks like um, Mecha Godzilla. I'm probably yeah, butchering yeah, it. Yeah, it looks Mechagodzilla. like he's going to be a thing, and yeah. so like the decisive win's going to be they're, like the gorilla over Mecha Godzilla. They're, they're doing the Batman versus Superman thing. We're like, I haven't they, seen the movie. Oh, well, I mean... Okay, so basically Batman and Superman end up fighting for like half the movie, and then the second half is them teaming up to fight. Um, what's his fucking name? Um, <laughs> wow, why am I blanking on his fucking name? Um, the big... I'm pissed. <laughs> the... I but, but yeah, no, I agree with you. They're, they're, they're yeah. probably going to spend half the movie fighting each other, and then the other half is going to be fighting something else. I agree. I'm so pissed. I can't think of this guy's name. I'm, That's unfortunate. I'm so, uh, so I got a couple questions from your peers. I cannot wait. Um. Oh, man. We're starting off strong. Great. Uh, thoughts on having a kid versus a pet? Uh, context being um, you definitely want one and not the other. Okay. Um, so like right now or like in the future? That I read free. I read the exact. Okay, cool. So <laughs> right now, almost certainly a pet. 
Um, there's no reason why I need a child right now in my life. Um, I mean, I'm open to having children at uh-huh. some point. It is not on my top priority list. Right. When me and you talked about this pretty early on in our relationship, you were pretty pro against not having children. Pro pro against not having children. Wait. <laughs> Can you please rephrase that statement? You did not want children. Yeah. Uh, I have loosened a little bit on that. So th- oh. this kind of comes to my philosophy of like people in general uh-huh. on how I, I think one of the biggest issues that we have as a society right now is that we're losing a lot of purpose. Um, it used to be, especially in like the eighties and nineties where, and even early two thousands where people had a goal to get married and have a family. Yep. Uh, and that wasn't everybody, but that was the vast majority of people. Um, and now it seems between either financial hardship or just lack of a want for one, um, people are too, we do see a decline in marriages and in, and, and having children. I mean, obviously we are having a population decline. Um, however, I think that, that goes, and, and my philosophy on that has just changed a lot. I used to just be on the train where like, I don't want kids and like, you know, I I just, I don't see myself having kids. And now I'm more on the train of like, I'm open to it someday, but right right now it's just not. Definitely. Yeah. There's, yeah. yeah, There's no reason right now I need a child. And obviously we're speaking, I mean, we could probably argue about the world in, in, in the whole, but as a, for the context of this episode, we're, we're speaking uh, within the scope of, of the United States of America, obviously. Um, Yeah. Yeah, no, I I, uh, uh, I agree with you, and I have kids, so yeah. that's crazy. Um, <laughs> I, I would I would I would much rather do everything I would want to do first, and yeah. then and then start building a family. If that makes sense? No, that makes perfect sense. Um, where'd your ego come from? Um, <laughs> wow, exhale. just fucking come for me like that, huh? <laughs> Um, I, I sourced. I sourced multiple people here. So I have to. I have to think about how I'm going to answer this. <laughs> hold on, hold on. Let his ego figure this out. So, <laughs> so um, it's it's probably it's probably a sort of defense mechanism. Honestly, um, I was especially in like middle school. I was pretty heavily bullied. Uh, I was always the biggest kid. That there was high five. Not not even like just like because I'm a I'm a pretty big guy. Like, You're just big. Yeah, I'm a very You're massive, just big. But I was always the tallest human being in the room, um, other than like you know adults and shit. But um, when I was in middle school, oh my god, are you getting a liquid death? I am. Oh, you want to hit that sound bite? Um, mm-hmm. Yep. This isn't a oh great ass. Got it. Great. <laughs> We got cool. it. So, um, yeah. So in middle school, I was, I was always the biggest kid, um, both in height and typically in weight, just because that's kind of how things scale. Um, so when I got to high school, and I was like, "Well, how do I want to be for like the rest of my life?" <laughs> and wait, wait, are you saying you haven't evolved past high school? Oh also? no, no, I absolutely <laughs> have. <laughs> I have, I have almost certainly not peaked yet. Um, so, so when I was in high school, I kind of had to make the switch and I, when I was a freshman, I started dating this girl Mm -hmm. and, um, 
she was tough as nails. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Fucking tough as nails. And so that kind of rubbed off on me. And, um, and then I, uh, I also had sex at a, <laughs> at a, um, probably like, I think like 15 is when I first had sex. So it was like, a, like lower than the average age for, for like teenagers in America. And well, maybe not today, but like at that point, it was it was lower than the average uh, for for most for most teenagers. You forget this is almost a decade ago. This is a uh, seven years ago. You know, almost yeah, a decade. That's the better half of a decade. Great, um, <laughs> you old man. Yeah, great. Um, but so that also kind of added to the whole like, wow, I'm better than everybody else, and <laughs> and. Um, yeah, so I guess I guess it was a mixture of a defense mechanism and then also like having sex at fifteen. Well, I had there was a lot of different stages that I had to grow up really early. Mm-hmm. Um, where like and that that's becoming a lot more normalized these days, which that also goes back to a big problem that we have in America and <laughs> with the kids. Is, it, yeah, with kids and and all that. Kids but, having kids. Yeah, well, kids just happen to grow up too quick. Yeah, in, in general, um, which. You know, whether it's good or bad, we we're still in the middle of this social experiment. So we'll we'll see what the results are probably in the next ten years. Um, but yeah, just a difference in like different things that added up and then created me being a fucking asshole. <laughs> <laughs> All right, the next one I got. Uh, what uh, what are your current career goals? Versus like your past career goals, how how has that changed for you? Yeah, um, so I was in college once upon a time. Oh yeah, yeah. So I started out. Um, so I guess actually, you said you said before. So when I was in high school, I really wanted to be a doctor. Really? Yes. What? Yeah. Like I a would, like a medical doctor? Like a surgeon? What? Yep. Yep. That's crazy. Yeah. That was for most of my childhood that I can remember. I wanted to be a surgeon. Um, until I became like 17 uh-huh. and, um, when I was in high school and, and middle school, I did, I did band. Okay. Yeah, so yeah. when I was, when I was 17, I was like, what if I wasn't a surgeon? And what if I was just like <laughs> a music teacher? Because that's a smart decision. And I was just like, yeah, you know what? I'm just going to completely change what I want to do with my career. And, uh, so then I went to school and at first I was music education. Cause I was like, I want to, cause I really wanted to teach elementary school music. And my philosophy behind that was like, I had a really good elementary school music teacher. And that's why I ended up going into music with a lot of different things, like with band and, and then eventually like choir and theater and all that kind of stuff. And when I, when I look back, if I would have, if I would have had a shitty, elementary school music teacher there's no way i would have like went into that um like i chose band over football in high school because i was so into that culture and like i'd had such positive experience with that and that's what i wanted to be for other children i wanted to be that person that like introduces them into this whole world of of this beautiful world of music making and then you know show them that this is something they could do you know, whether they make it in a career or just a long-term hobby, this is something they can do long-term and, like, be happy with it. Um, and then I uh, flunked out of the music school because I found out that I really like 
playing music and doing all that kind of stuff, I hated learning about music. Absolutely hated learning about music. And uh, with my instrument that I did, playing music is not a career. With my instrument. Uh, I play euphonium. Basically, my only two options were move to Europe or join the military. And I was not trying to do either of those. So... (laughs) So I, I ended up switching to sport administration, going back to when I was a kid, I grew up with sports and music. That was kind of my two shticks. And I was like, well, I stopped doing football um, in eighth grade. I played middle school football and then I stopped in, in eighth grade and I was like, well, I guess I'll, I'll try sports again. And um, then I, I was doing the sports thing and then. A lot of different things came up between, um, between there was some career issues that I had that I that I had been planning that kind of came to a stop, and then um, there were just some different aspects that was like, well, even if even if I end up going through this degree, what I want to do with sports, there's I wouldn't need a degree for it. Mm. Um, so there was really no reason why I was spending all this money to keep going to college, taking on or something all this I didn't extra need. debt. Yeah. yeah, and and honestly, I had already gotten most of what I needed out of college anyway. I'd already done most of my networking, you know, gotten to know people and all that kind of stuff. Um, and and then you know created this brand for my starting to create this brand for myself while in while in college. And then that has obviously increased with things like Gray Man Media and um, and then all these different little side projects that are in the works that will hopefully um, become a little bit bigger than than uh, than originally anticipated. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, uh, right now I'm just kind of uh, we're looking at a lot of different opportunities mm-hmm. and um, you know experimenting as much as we can with with what we have and 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 making decisions on what what long term looks like what a what a fully fleshed out explanation that was sorry (laughs) no what do you mean that's perfect what are you talking about this this show is literally about you um your dream all expenses paid trip what would what would that look like (laughs) um wow that's a tough one there's so many places I want to go. You only get one. Is time travel possible or no? No. Okay, I don't cool. think so. <laughs> so then probably probably a countrywide tour of Greece. Greece. Yeah. I was a big fan of bankrupt countries, huh? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, say what you want. Greece is gorgeous. Oh, absolutely. Um, I couldn't agree. And more. The Mediterranean in general. In general, just yeah. gorgeous. Yeah. yeah. And um, and you know what the good thing about bankrupt countries are? It's, it's cheap. fucking cheap. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but it's an all expenses. Well, pay. yeah, but I would, I mean, <laughs> you're talking about like, what's my dream? Basically, you're talking about what's my dream vacation. And right. like, if I was going to take a dream vacation, it would probably be either a backpacking trip around around Greece or just like a countrywide tour around Greece. Because I'm really, I really love ancient Greek architecture. Mm-hmm. And I would go to all the different like anciently like all the like the preserved locations like athens and Mm -hmm. uh the ruins of sparta all that kind of stuff where i would just just bask in all of its glory um i think it would be great um you know i've been i've been to disney i'm going to vegas like next year um you know that's all well and good i'm i am excited for vegas i'm i'm 
I like gambling and I'm going to get into a lot of trouble in Vegas, which is <laughs> I'm going to I'm going to have to save up some money. It's a good time. Um yeah, it's good. Oh, it's going to be a good time. Don't you worry about that. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. Uh, I may come back broke as fuck. <laughs> Don't go with money you can't come back or uh, yeah. you're not afraid to lose. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, so this is off the cuff. This isn't prepared, but since you brought it up, time travel is now a thing. Where are you going? Oh, I'm going back to the uh, the younger dries. The what? The younger dry. So um, between 12,600 and 13,200 years ago, there was an event right after the most recent ice age where everything melted away. And that, and what, what it's, what's hypothesized is that there was a meteor that struck. Okay. Um, in, in the Northern Arctic. Um, and I want to see that moment because it's also hypothesized. That's what sunk Atlantis. Uh, they are seeing, they're seeing this massive mass towards the, um, the, the western side of Europe, which is, you know, ironically exactly where uh, ancient Greek historians put Atlantis at. So, if we're looking at that, that <laughs> that's the moment I want to see in American history. So, well, sorry, in, in world history. So, so your whole your whole thing. Is I want to go see Atlantis. Uh, <laughs> yes. That is absolutely what I want to do. I want to see because I I firmly believe I firmly believe that they were. An advanced civilization for the time. Yeah. And I believe that that's where a lot of the transition of intelligence came from, was from Atlantis to the Mediterranean colony. Well, not colonies, but the Mediterranean area. And that's why we see, like, in um, like in Egypt, there's a, um, there's a big discussion happening about the fact that the Sphinx is clearly thousands of years old, older than the pyramids. And the reason that you can see that is because there's there's water erosion on the Sphinx. And the reason that's significant is because there has not been water in Egypt of that magnitude for thousands of years. Mm-hmm. Thousands of years longer than the, the pyramids. pyramids. Yeah. So interesting. Yeah. So why would why would you have two separate ancient civilizations that made these mega constructs and but for no discernible reason? I listen to a lot of Graham Hancock. Big fan of Graham Hancock. Um, he has several books out. They're on Audible. Maybe we should do like have a whole new show where we talk about ancient civilizations because I'm real big into it. I also. love studying ancient civilizations. Yeah, yeah. I'm. I'm. I, I remember in um, in elementary school just getting really geeked out over yeah. like ancient Egypt. Um, anyway. <laughs> Maybe uh, something in the works. Uh, what would you enjoy giving a lot? Okay. Hey, Austin, uh, this is your TED Talk. What okay. would you give a lecture about? Ooh. Um, where to begin? Uh, there's a few of them. Um, yeah, you need to be an expert on it. Yeah. That's mm. tough. <laughs> um, <laughs> probably... Wow, there's so many of them that I could give. Uh, <laughs> probably the um, the change in levels of taboo within a culture, not just like with sex, because um, taboo does not encul- <laughs> encompass just sex. Uh, however, things like um, things like legalized weed, while you know 
a lot of the country does have some form of legalized weed. It's still very taboo for some reason within within just interpersonal like conversation, uh, which is weird. It, I mean, that's not something that we do with like alcohol or tobacco or anything like that, or even like other drugs. Um, like hundred years ago, we did. Hundred years ago, we did. Yeah, and then yeah. there was the war on drugs, and you know, we could talk. We could talk for hours about that. But yeah, probably, probably, probably specifically the increased levels of taboo about conversations around marijuana. Mm. Which you're pro for? Yes. <laughs> At, I uh, want the record to show that I am pro legalization. Uh, I, I am the prohibition. I haven't smoked uh, marijuana in years. Uh, and I haven't I'm, smoked marijuana in twelve hours. Um, and and oh, I sorry, eight hours. And I also agree. Um, I couldn't agree more. I think that it, we're we're not going to delve into this because yeah. um, that'd be ridiculous. Um, I, did, I honestly I didn't even want to bring up weed on the show because <laughs> because because I, it's taboo. Yeah. Well, not even not even that. I just didn't want. I know how I am, uh huh, and um, this will quickly devolve. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but as somebody who doesn't even uh, partake anymore, uh, that's that's a previous life of mine. But I I couldn't agree more. I think that first off, I'm pro legal or not legalizing, but decriminalizing all drugs. I yeah, I well, we, there's a lot of studies that show that that only helps situations. So if, if you if we took the money that's funding the war on drugs and just spent that on educating people on the drugs themselves, yeah. it would be a much better situation. Yeah, I think. There's there's a lot of study especially in places like Colorado where there has been radical mm-hmm. um legalization and, and decriminalization. Um there's a lot of studies that are now showing that like obviously most people are aware the war on drugs has been a complete and utter failure yeah. at this point. Uh, however, you can see that in places like Colorado that have, have legalized most drugs, um, there is a lot of progress when, when you change it from a punishment to a rehabilitation. Absolutely. There's a lot more progress there. And I'm, I'm a big proponent for yeah. rehabilitation. I, I think that the, um, the opioid crisis is a very real issue that we oh, have in America. Oh, it's not a fucking joke. And, and we we very much need to do everything we can to help our fellow citizens. That's another issue that I feel like we have in, especially in Western culture, we've become so desensitized to other people. Yeah. And it's so much like, if this person doesn't want to agree with me, then <clears throat> we're just going to push them to the side. But we we should be having open conversations about this kind of stuff and and doing things that are that are beneficial to our society as a whole. And if you, you, you the argument could be made that that really the whole reason people get onto these things is because there there's a mental health issue um, in general, and people look to these other things um, to kind of help deal with that. And yeah. if we instead, again, we switch from this war on drugs to First off, educating people on yeah. how horrible heroin and and opioids and, mm-hmm. and and methamphetamines and things like that are. Uh, first off, you'll you'll probably see a lot less of of that drug abuse. But also, if we switch also to helping fund some kind of mental health thing, I, I think that that would be beneficial for everyone. I, yeah. I, I couldn't agree more. And I mean, there is a I mean, there's a place for opioids within medicine. Absolutely, but we are way too quick to prescribe it. 
mm-hmm. um, especially when that came in the early nineties. Yeah, uh, well, it, it came with the war on drugs, and and then you know, once the war on drugs progressed to you know, let's shut down all these things that are you know. But but in the early nineties, they because um, it was illegal to do um, direct to consumer. Um, uh, commercialization of of drugs, so yeah. you you weren't allowed to do TV commercials about mm-hmm. drugs, whereas now you see it all the time, and that happened yeah. in the early nineties because it's profitable. It's really oh profitable. yeah, yeah. And they even <laughs> the pharmaceutical companies even made the argument to uh, some kind of government body saying that this would actually be really horrible, yeah, uh, if we did this, and then they turned around and started doing it. Yeah, well, because <laughs> it, it's it's the old argument of like if you let someone do it, they're gonna do it. Oh uh, yeah, um, especially if it's a form of like making money, and you're looking at these companies. It's, I mean, it's a no brainer if you're if you want to increase your bottom line, and they're letting you do it. Like, and th- that's why you had so many people that came out and was like, "Hey, we shouldn't even start this because if it if it starts, then." It's going to become a huge issue. Yeah, and you could you could you could even make the argument that we really have uh, Great Britain to 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 thank for this because really all that happened was wasn't it was it was it silver that they started stealing from from China and they started giving China like all these opioids. Yeah, like uh, like morphine. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's fucking it's, it's fucking terrible. Wild. It's, it's crazy. fucking crazy. Uh, anyway, so we devolved, uh, <laughs> what's your favorite class or race in D and D? Um, favorite race is a tiefling. That's a half demon. Um, there's so many different variants that like, I play it. I, my favorite class is a wizard. Let's just go ahead and get that out of the, out of the way. Uh, I've been playing D and D long enough where I, I just like breaking the game open. Uh, and wizard is the easiest one to do that on where by, by level seven, and I've got level. I've got fourth level spells. I'm ch- I'm literally changing the reality of the plane that we're on. <laughs> uh, and then tieflings are very attuned to magic in the first place because they're they're children of demons. Mm. Um, well, somewhere in their bloodline they have demons. Okay, um, which makes them very attuned to the the arcane arts and just role play wise makes it makes it really nice. I, I actually run a tiefling wizard. And well, I was running a tiefling wizard in a in a D and D campaign that we had. I'm about to run another one in uh, in the in the big uh, dude cast that we're about to do at the end. Oh, by the way, official name for dude cast. Yeah, the dude cast. Uh, capital D, lowercase U, capital D, lowercase E C A S T. Uh, yeah, I dude like cast. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. So I will be running one of those again because uh, I'm also I'm a really big RP guy. Just role playing. Mm-hmm. Um, I love getting into character and getting immersed in the world. And then, um, when when I DM, I'm really big on even when you're telling me what you're doing, do it in character um, because it, it it's it increases the immersion for everyone at the table. Sure. When when we're not constantly hopping in and out of character and like people are having sidebars and all that kind of stuff, it just increases it. It makes the experience better for everyone at the table when they can get fully immersed in the in the experience and they can get out of their comfort zone. Yeah, um, that's one of my favorite things about D and D is that it lets people get out of their comfort zone, lets them try new things, like um, like making voices, all that kind of stuff. Which like typically you wouldn't just go. I mean, shit, we yell at Jessica whenever she makes <laughs> voices on podcast. So I mean, typically you're not just going around making voices at people. Uh, but D and D is one of those spaces where like if you want to try out a new voice or something like that, it's it's typically seen as this is a comfortable environment where you can do that. And 
you know, that's that's just one of the really nice things that I like about D&D, and I, I like to fully get into that. And Tieflings, partnering them with the wizard class adds to that layer. Um, with with my new character that I'm about to make, he's, he's going to be a necromancer. And his whole thing is that his mother died when he was really young, and then his first spell that he did was raise dead, and raised his mother from the dead into a what zombie. Yeah, fuck? It's, it's fucked. What the it's fuck? Fucked. He's, oh, by the way, I'm also really good at running sociopaths during D&D. <laughs> Cra- crazy. I've run a sociopath in my last, well, I've, I've ran either a sociopath or a psychopath in my last, like, three characters in D&D. Um, <laughs> so, you, so you brought up the whole, like, the voice thing. Yeah. Um, do you still have dreams of being a voice actor? Sometimes. Um. I, that was that was on the back burner for a long time. Where did that um, Where did that all start? Probably with D and D. Honestly, yeah. um, it was something where like I was, especially once I started DMing, where I was having to switch voices a lot and and get into that, where I could switch to like a like a very soft tone and you know talk like that, or I could be yeah, it's just a lot of a lot of big range in, in my in my vocal patterns, and you know it was it was something that like I I was into. You know, I was really into, and we're actually talking about doing, have you ever seen Dragon Ball Abridged? No. Okay, so Dragon Ball Abridged is this uh, this group of, of people, their project, where they basically just re-recorded lines for Dragon Ball, but, like, not the original lines. <laughs> so, like, yeah, it's, <laughs> Frieza, Frieza, like, <laughs> calls Goku a monkey and <laughs> shit, it's, he goes, monkey. <laughs> yeah. But uh, if, if you know what Dragon Ball Bridge is, you know exactly what I'm talking about, and you're probably laughing your ass off right now. <laughs> uh, but we're talking about, we've been talking about doing that for Clone Wars. Okay. And like, re- just, you know, doing a couple episodes, seeing if it sticks, and seeing if, see if it's something that, you know, people like. And I think it's hilarious. Interesting. Interesting. So... Uh, uh, that's the first time I read that question. I didn't even know you wanted to be a voice actor. A very interesting thing to me. Um, it, it used to be like up there on on things I really wanted to try. You know what we should do as Gray Man grows? We should try to get into like maybe doing like some machinima or something. Please. That'd be very cool. Please. Bro, I, I used to love. I used to be really big into Rooster Teeth. Yeah, and what got me into Rooster Teeth, like a lot of people, was Red versus Blue. Of course, of course. Uh, and that was like, I mean, shit. I was like nine years old when Red versus Blue came out, something like that. Yeah. So like, that was all the shit. Yeah. I was, I was all over it. I watched like every season up until like season seven. Yeah. Um, are they still going with? Yeah, they sure are they are. really? Wow. Yeah. In fact, they they used uh they actually got together with the uh the team the three four three um and they were actually doing mocap. Oh wow! Yeah, that's nice. That's they cool. got into it into it. I'm I'm glad. It's not even machinima anymore. They're just straight up like. <laughs> yeah, they're literally just recording their own shit. Yeah, they're just. <laughs> It's they're, crazy. It's, it's like if you ever have you ever seen just like cinematic trailers for games? That's yeah. literally what they're making. That's what they're doing. And and like um obviously what we're trying to do at Gray Man is, is very similar to like the what the Rooster Teeth model is. Um we're we're obviously we're taking a different route. We're starting in podcasts, but we're we want to branch out as yeah. much as possible. Oh, yeah. And that would be 
I I'm also a big firm. I'm a firm believer in doing things that I I only have fun with. Um, which is I I just I really enjoy doing these things. As a dedicated gray man partner, <laughs> I am all for this. Yeah, I, I I as long as I'm having fun, I want to keep doing things, and I, I love having like even this one on one conversation. Oh, yeah. It's it's a good time, you know. So as long as we're having fun, I, I want to keep doing these things. Um, if you could have any weapon from fiction, what would it be? <laughs> oh man, yeah, dude, I these got are, some good questions. These are very difficult questions because yeah. there are so many. Yeah. <laughs> um. Wow. Um. For pro- like, okay, so I have one that's just like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do two. Okay, two. So I'm, one, I'm my first it. one is is my practical weapon, probably the needler. From Needler, that's yeah. practical. But specifically, the Halo Two Needler. Okay. Uh, because if I'm if I'm looking for a weapon to defend myself or kill somebody, that's the weapon I'm going to. <laughs> okay. Um, right. For cool factor, probably Darth Malgus's lightsaber from the Old Republic. Okay. So Darth Malgus's lightsaber, if you don't know, is a lightsaber with a hand axe built into it, just in case his crystal fails and he can still kill people it is ridiculous it could we consider uh a portal gun to be a weapon because if so i guess it depends on how you use it i i would consider that more of like a tech item than a weapon <sighs> that's what i would want that's what you would want i would want i, I feel gun. that i i i would get down with a portal gun specifically like like a rick and morty type not like from the game oh portal. yeah yeah, yeah. Especially because, like, being able to would, teleport would be dope. I'd, I'd be that fuckhead that, like, puts a portal on the ground and then on the ceiling and then <laughs> just jumps through it until I throw up. Yeah. And then, and then inevitably, I would die because, yeah. I mean, your momentum would get so high <laughs> that, like, you'd, you'd erase you, the portal and then you would just splat on you, the ground. You would hit terminal velocity and then you'd, like, miss the portal by, like, an inch and then just fucking just shatter your leg. <laughs> <laughs> my, my leg is gone. <laughs> um, Okay, so I, I had this question from multiple sources. Okay. Um, and I think this is the best way to ask it. Uh, what is the most illegal thing that you've ever done and are willing to share on this show? I have to think about this one. Uh-oh. Um, <laughs> there are so many illegal I, things. <laughs> you... You don't know the uh, the level of truth to that statement is. I guess I could talk about the one I got arrested for. Okay, it's also one of my more embarrassing moments. Um, so when I was in high school, I was I'm still into, but when I was in high school, I was really into Magic, Magic the Gathering our okay. game. Okay, and but I I did not have a lot of money. Sure. So I would As steal most cards. high school. So I, so I would steal cards, <laughs> um, like like. Probably 80% of my collection is stolen. Um, and you can just ask my uh, my good friend Marquise Tunstall. Um, because I just went over to his house last night with his you know, with his collection. I probably have like 80 pounds worth of cards. 80 pounds? Yeah, I think that was the what? Yeah, I have, I have a lot of fucking cards. That's and uh, probably 80% of that is stolen. Um, so what happened was when I was a no, no, what. 80 pounds of yeah, I have, cards? Yeah, I have a lot of cards. That's so many cards. Yeah. Each card is like a gram or something. Correct. What? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. 
So, and when I was like, when I was like a, a kid, I would steal Yu-Gi-Oh cards. I did that too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But like when I got to high school, I became like a professional, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and so um, I do. Uh, there is one that's really funny. This is not. This is not the one I got arrested for. But when I was probably seventeen, I went into Walmart, grabbed a flat screen TV from the back, went to customer relations, asked them if I could return it, and then they said no. So I, I like cut off the little security thing that they have on there. <laughs> And then I went over there. They were like, oh, no, you don't have a receipt, so you can't return it. So then I just walked out with it. <laughs> that was a good time. That was that was a lot of fun. That, that was a good time. <laughs> don't, do not, <laughs> I tell a lot of my friends, do not be like me. I do not recommend it. Um, I'm almost certainly getting a call from the government after this, after this airs. But that was a long time ago. I have uh, learned from my mistakes. I'm sure I the statute of limitations is. is uh, almost certainly. Yeah, you're So fine. <laughs> the one I got arrested for, um, going back to the cards, the cards. We, uh, <laughs> I went into Walmart and uh, I, you know, I was I was pretty cocky. Uh, I had been I had probably stolen about a couple th- a couple grand worth of cards in the last like week and a half. I was just kind of going with it, just by packs too. Like oh I would I would go and like take them out of packs oh and like, yeah, put them in my pocket and shit. Yeah, it was it was fucking ridiculous, Devin. Uh, I have I have not. I would like to say I have not stolen anything since this event happened. As soon as I got caught, I stopped. So um, I put probably I went I went and uh, I put like fifty packs of cards into a backpack that I found at Walmart. I got the the backpack at Walmart. <laughs> so then what I did was I then went around and and like shopped uh-huh. after I got all these cards together and put them in the backpack. And then I went and rung everything up without minus the cards, obviously. obviously. It was like it was like ten dollars worth of stuff. It was like a five dollar backpack and like two other things. Uh, so then I, I got the backpack and everything. And as I was walking out, some guy comes up to me and is like, I'm gonna need you to come with me. And I was like, oh shit. And like looking back, I should have just ran. <laughs> because they're not allowed to follow you out to the parking lot. I learned that later on in life. <laughs> That, that we, the, we are not we are not yeah, telling I do you. not I do not condone stealing. Uh that was a that was not a great time in my life. Um I was a child. I made a lot of mistakes. This is that is the time where you're allowed to make mistakes. <laughs> That's why it's not on my permanent record. Um I ended up having to go and I had a probationary officer for a few months and then they were also super lenient on me because I had two senior trips that I had that year. <laughs> so like I went to I went to New York for uh the Macy's Day parade. I performed in that. And I uh, I went to Chicago to perform in one of the biggest band and orchestra clinics in the world. Mm. So I did both of those my senior year, and I like told my probationary officers about that, and they were like, "Oh yeah, we're we're fine. We're just gonna have you do a couple of shit, and you're gonna be fine." And I was like, "Okay, great." They're like, "We just got to make sure it's done before you're 18, so that like you don't go to jail." And I was like, "Okay, great." <laughs> so I basically just had like I had to go to two meetings with my probationary officer, and I had to make a poster about stealing. That was my entire punishment. So uh, that's probably monetarily wise. That's probably the most illegal thing I've done. Obviously, I like smoke weed and I've like vandalized shit because I'm a child. Well, I was a child. <laughs> um, I also um, there was one time where me and a group of my friends were uh, were playing. It was like the middle of the night. We were all hanging out at my friend's house, and we ended up going over to the school. And we kicked a ball onto the roof, unfortunately. It was not intended. We did not intentionally kick the ball on the roof. But then we had to go get the ball. So then we just snuck onto the roof. 
That was, I, I'm pretty sure that's illegal. That's almost certainly illegal. Yeah, it's got to be um, trespassing. Yeah, probably. <laughs> uh, so, I mean, there's, there's a lot of different things that I've done. Um, but the card thing is probably, if not the most, I, I'm sure it's not the most illegal thing, but it's probably the funniest. <laughs> um, okay, great. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, Austin has like 70 pounds worth of stolen cards. It's not, it's oh, not, yeah, yeah. Um, if you're listening to this Walmart, uh, the statue of libertation has, uh, unfortunately ran its course and, um, good luck. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> um, you ever find yourself, I, I know you're a big guy, uh, guys, uh, you can't see him. This is a big gentleman. This is a grizzly bear sitting in my, uh, in my studio right now. Um, yeah, we made that joke earlier. Um, unga bunga, unga bunga, <laughs> baba boy. Um, but you're not a violent individual. No. Do you ever legitimately find yourself wanting to hit someone? Yes. <laughs> but I have self-control, so I don't. What could you tell us the most recent? It's Eric. What? It's almost always Eric. <laughs> like legit. Yeah. Eric, Eric has it. So you know how like I make you really upset sometimes? Yeah, but so, that's so, our dynamic. Well, yeah, but that's also mine and Eric's dynamic, but on the other side. And Eric goes a lot harder on me than I go on you. Yeah, I can uh, believe that. Because we, because we hang out so much. And I, I love Eric to death. Eric's one of my best friends. Um, you know, he is up there on like top tier friends. S tier friends. S tier. S tier. Um, however, sometimes... Eric says some shit <laughs> that just makes me so mad. <laughs> it makes me so upset. So much so that you legitimately want to hit this man. Correct. Yeah. Uh, but I don't. Because um, <laughs> as you said, you have self-control. I have self-control. And I'm a, you know, I consider myself a good friend. Um, I'm not just going to hit people because that's how you go to jail. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, after my fiasco with uh, with stealing cards, I did have to spend a night in jail for that. That's I was seventeen. Really I was seventeen years old, spending a night in a cell with grown men. Yeah, it was very my. I <laughs> they called my dad and they were like, "Hey, you're, we have your son down at the station." He's like, "Oh, what do you do?" He's like, "He was shoplifting." And they're like, "Oh." Great. And they're like, "Well, you want to come pick him up?" He's like, "I'll pick him up tomorrow." And I was like, "Wow, what a fucking cunt." <laughs> <laughs> so I had, I had to stand. It was probably good for me to uh, have some sort of punishment for it. Yeah, but no, definitely. But I had to spend the night in jail for him. Um, he came and grabbed his keys because I had his truck. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was it was it was not not my shining moment. Um, but yeah, it's it's almost the most recent is almost certainly Eric. And it's actually, you know, what? I can tell you exactly what it was. So me and Eric got uh, me, Eric and Thomas all got a little drunk the other night. Okay, and Eric does this thing where we watch we watch TV, like more specifically we watch Star Wars: The Clone Wars. And um, but in the middle of it, in the middle of, like really deep arcs or whatever, we're like we're all trying to watch. Eric will just ask the most outlandish questions. So like, or like a, a question that just doesn't like. He could either Google or like he could literally just ask later. So like we were watching, um, I forget which episode we were watching, but there was a yellow lightsaber, and Eric like five minutes after that, like after like they had already introduced the yellow lightsaber, like they were already talking about it and all that kind of stuff. He goes, 
wait, what's a yellow lightsaber? And I was like, and you wanted to hit him? No, 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 no. So this, this was just the beginning of the situation. (laughs) As Eric progressively got more drunk, he started just making noises. Like, in the middle of us watching. And, like, uh, there was a moment where he was, like, taking the bottle of wine that he had that was empty. It was a glass bottle. And he was just going. <laughs> and just hitting himself in the mouth with the butt end of the. And I was like, Eric. And he goes, yeah. And I was like, stop. You're going to hurt yourself. And he goes, oh, okay. <laughs> and then starts, like, hitting it on his forehead. And I was like, Eric, stop. And he goes, fun. And then he just, like, slams it on the ground. Oh, like. I don't know how this man did not break this glass. And I was like, Eric, what are, what are you doing? And he goes, what? I'm just putting it down. I was like, you almost broke that glass. And he goes, you broke that glass. And that's, that's when I wanted to hit him. That's when I wanted to hit him. I was, I was so upset. Oh my it, god! It takes it takes building up to get to that level. I, I got you. I yeah, got you. it's not it's not any individual one thing, but it's a lot of little things that pile up into. Uh... <sighs> yeah, <laughs> getting upset just talking. About it was it was. Uh... <sighs> yeah. Um. So, <laughs> there's a question. Um. What's it like being consistently functionally high? Pretty nice. Um, I'm not. I I would like to say I'm not high right now. You are. I not. did not. I did I not want to. That, yeah, I did way. not want to come on your show. Um, your children are here. I yes, did not. Yes. I did I not. Yeah. That. I have. Um. I'm. I'm. I'm very particular with the places that I'm not high. Um. I. I don't like going to work high. Yeah. Uh, sometimes I do. Sometimes I do. But I do not like going to work high. Uh. I don't believe that I'm at peak physical performance when I'm high. I do think I'm at peak me- mental performance when I'm high. Uh, I really most <laughs> most baldcasters planning sessions I am high for. Yeah, most um, ba- most some of the baldcaster episodes I can tell when you guys have been smoking yeah. and when you guys have it because it's <laughs> it is as you say derailed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, wait, wait, I have that. Mo- <laughs> so, um. Most of the time, and I have become a lot more comfortable being high around my family. Interesting. Yeah, they don't. They do not know that I smoke weed. Um, which I'm. I cannot wait for them to start listening to my podcast. They're gonna have a real fucking realization. What's What's uh, your family member's name? Just one of what, them. Just one of them. Well, my dad's name is Keith. Cool. I'm gonna tag him on Facebook. I hate you. <laughs> <laughs> um. I. I mean, honestly, they probably know. Um, yeah, at, at this point, I have not told them. But they almost certainly know. I went they home. Know. I went home after my freshman year of college. That was the last summer I spent at home. Uh, other than that, I've lived up here in up in up here Louisville. in Louisville. Yeah, up in Louisville. Um, but I went home after my freshman year, and I met a lot of really good friends. And then I I started smoking weed like before coming home, and uh, they always made comments about like oh the neighbor's smoking weed again (laughs) it smells like fucking weed in here and there's no fucking way (laughs) there's no fucking way um but it i mean i i said at the beginning of this episode that i was you know emotionally and physically dependent on weed that is not true i can go months without smoking i have gone months without smoking uh but i do 
I do see it as a tool mm. um, for both my creative acuity as well as, you know, there is some chronic pain that I have had in the past that it has helped with. Um, and I don't want to get into like, you know, obviously we've talked about opioid and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't want to be popping pills all the time. Yeah. Popping pain pillars. I would much rather, you know, just have an herb that I can smoke. Um, I have not gotten into CBD yet. Um, highly recommend. Yeah. Well, I, I have been high. I, a lot of people have highly recommended. I, uh, I just, really, I give it I like, to my dog. Oh yeah. Straight up. Wow. Um, he went, sometimes he sleeps and you can tell he's having like a nightmare yeah. or something and he whimpers and stuff. So <laughs> no, we give him little CBD dog treats. Is that a thing? It is. That's nice. That's yeah. nice. I like yeah. that. He's uh, a lot more chill. I just, I, I know that CBD is not psychoactive no. and I, I like the psychoactive portions. Yeah. Of- yeah. Yeah. For sure. Uh, I, I definitely like you, you know me. Yeah. I'm kind of high strung. Yeah. High. Well, stress. sorry. Um, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> I don't. I don't want to stretch you out or anything. I, I'm high strung and stuff. Uh, I've used CBD in very limited amounts. Um, the few times that I have, I I um, I like it. And um, part of my um, road to controlling my drinking issue um, is using CBD. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Uh, I, I highly recommend. Yeah, and I. It's not. It's not just a lack of want to try CBD. Yeah. It's just a. I have weed well yeah you and, just have yeah, i just have weed why, why and, would you go diet and, and well just why would i, why would I add another expense is the thing i don't want i <laughs> like weed is a hobby for me um i am a um i don't want to call myself a weed connoisseur or anything but uh i do have a lot of gadgets uh that gadgets. I use. yeah i have a um i have a little cone filler it looks like a stapler mm. you just fill it with fill it with herb and then you put your little cone on there, and then you just slide it. Fills the whole shit. I remember bringing you my fucking bong. That was an amazing bong. I'm so sorry that I had to retire it so early. Yeah, it's unfortunate. Um, that felt like one of the most sketchiest things I've ever done because it had been so long since I traveled with something so illegal. Illegal. <laughs> and yeah, I was since like, you had that dead body in your trunk. Yeah. Besides uh, that, obviously. Um, <laughs> But like wrapping it up in like a coat and just like knocking on your door, like here, take this thing, <laughs> take this. Humong- I was I was so high when you came over too. I was like, <laughs> oh shit, dog, thanks, bro. Uh, uh, I, mm, you know what? Hold on. Pause. I do really like playing video games high as well. I'm a big fan of that. I could never do. I, I like, when bro, I smoked, I couldn't play video games. Bro, was, I used to I used to get too really gone. high, and then I used to play this game called Super Hexagon. Okay. Check it out. Check okay. it. It's yeah. It's fucking ridiculous. I remember trying to play Halo on acid, and I was just like, I had to put the controller. Oh, down. there's no way yeah, I, I could play I, video games on acid. I put the controller down, and I looked at my friend, and I was like, this is too much for me. I I tried to watch TV on acid, <laughs> and it was it was really overwhelming. Yeah. I so yeah. when I I've tripped shrooms on acid at this point, and. Uh, I think I've been on thoughts of mothership saying that I like shrooms better. It's and better. I do. It's I just do. a better experience. Yeah. I, and, and that also goes back to like, I like indicas better than sativas and weed. I like the body high shrooms is a lot more of a body high. Than, yes. Than than acid acids a lot more. It's mental. all in your head, yeah. dude. And fucks your shit up. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> we are working our way up. We're trying to, we're trying to get to DMT at some point. We, I really want, I know, I know, I know your reaction to this. 
because we've talked about this several times. But I do, I really want the experience of it, even yeah. if I'm only going to try it once. Uh, I, but I want to know what it's like to be that separated from your physical body. Yeah. Um, to blast off. Yeah, like for for ten minutes, you're just in the center of the universe. It's fucking crazy. The only reason I've 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 recently shifted, so I've I've been so pro against never trying DMT for years. Yeah, because of my experiences with other psychedel- psychedelics. Um, it's so much different than every other psychedelic. But but then when I did when I did this show with Michael, mm-hmm. um, and he was like, literally, like you're sober after it's over. And yeah. like, I've done tons of drugs. The closest thing that I could compare that to is cocaine. Where after about 30 minutes, you start chilling out. Yeah. But there's still like an hour and a half long time where you're like... Where you're coming down. Yeah, yeah. it sucks. And and like... DMT, oh, you're high for 10 minutes and then, and then it's gone. Yeah. And and so since then, I was like, I, I've i given it some pretty... Have you tried to do DMT? All right. So the next uh, question <laughs> I have here... <laughs> Let's pause for a second just in case you want to cut this out. I, I'm sure you won't. Actually, you know what? Fuck it. How many times have you kissed a man? So I'm not pausing because I don't want to answer this question. I'm pausing because I'm counting. (laughs) (laughs) I think four. Four. No. Six. What? I think six. (laughs) You forgot two other? Yeah. Uh, Well, I forgot about I kissed one of my roommates one time for free Qdoba because it was Valentine's Day. And if you go in, you kiss in front of them. You, you get, get free free I did not know it was not in the fine print <clears throat> that you could just kiss them on the cheek, but we just went for it. <laughs> um, and then it, he was even a gentleman about it. He paid for his food and I got mine for free. Yep. I got free dough at it. All right. And then I forgot about, I was at a party and then one of my, one of my fraternity brothers looked at me and was like, Austin Evans, kiss me. And I was like, bet. I was like, okay. And then I just kissed him like the middle of the living room <laughs> for everybody. Uh, following that question. Um, totally unrelated. Is raw dogging really so good that you'll never use a condom? <laughs> By the way, could you guess just just real quick? Could you guess where most of these questions? Not all of them. Almost but- certainly that one's Eric. Nope. Oh, really? Is it yeah. Thomas? It is Thomas. Oh wow. Yeah. Um. Wow. He really just put me on the spot like that. Huh? <laughs> wow. Uh, well, to all the girls listening to this video, uh, sorry to this, this- audio. Um pretty true (laughs) (laughs) he has been recently tested i am yeah i do get i get hiv tests once a month um i am yeah it hey you know what you cannot be too careful (laughs) when you're playing with these girls out here (laughs) (laughs) um (laughs) but um dog this is gonna derail so quick but uh (laughs) yeah i um I was very spoiled in my first relationship uh-huh. where the, the girl that I dated in high school and the first sex oh, that I had. Yeah, no. Where the first sex I had. Yeah. <laughs> we never used condoms. It was, we were, we, we came from the kind of school that was like, yeah, just don't have sex. And then we were like, okay, cool. We don't know anything about sex. Let's just have yeah. it. Yeah. Um, so like every school. In America. Yeah. We did. We did like one semester of sex ed yeah. and it was basically just them showing us all the different, like, like STDs and shit. And mm-hmm. we were like, well, we're both virgins, so we're not going to get STDs. What's the worst that can happen? <laughs> fun, f- fun fact, three pregnancy scares later, um, <laughs> still not using condoms. Uh, now, now I only, now I make sure 
<laughs> the girls on birth control before we start Jesus fucking. Jesus Christ. Fun fact, we're not going to do the third sector uh, section of the show because we've been going. We're long, yeah. Uh, and I still have plenty more questions. <laughs> oh, great. Um, I'm going to save that one for last. Oh, um, I can't wait. What was your worst drug experience? Ooh. Um, so I don't know if it's my worst, but I w- my first time smoking weed. Mm-hmm. Um, we This is my freshman year of college because I did not, I did not grow up with work. weed. Yeah, I did not grow up with weed. I actually had opportunities to smoke in high school and decided not to. Um, Dare. What? Well, it wasn't even that. My my <laughs> girlfriend was pretty... She wasn't against it, but like she did not want me getting in that. Like, And why would you turn away from the puss? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, <laughs> well, I I really cared about this girl. I was... I no, was I, yeah. High school love. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, there was also one moment... There was one time where I was like... I was ready to go. I was helping my friend move, and he was like, all right, you want to smoke? And I was like, you know what? Sure. And then my dad texted me saying he was going to come pick me up, and I was like, no, <laughs> we're not doing that. Um, so my freshman year is the first time I smoked, and I went out with a couple of friends of mine, and we went over to this parking lot over by the school and over by the uh, the marching band practice field because we were on marching band as well. And came down there, and we were, like, about to start smoking, and then this cop rolls up. And like we were all outside and like we just had this little one hitter because you know we're freshmen in college and we didn't have all the you know it was the gadgets yeah the gadgets yet so we just had this, like this little one hitter like a cigarette and this cop fucking rolls up and I had this <laughs> one hitter in my hand and I just like put it into my fist and like because I have I have massive massive hands, hands. massive hands grizzly bear and it's bigger than the uh, the mic cover here <laughs> so. <laughs> Uh, I just put it in my hand, like, like went and slid it into my pockets, like very, very conspicuously. <laughs> and the uh, guy, the police officer rolled up and was like, hey, guys, uh, what are you doing out here? It was like, oh. Uh, and then I very smoothly was like, oh, well, um, we're about to go to this party. We're just waiting for our, our DD. We typically meet up here because, like, we're all in marching band and yada, yada, yada. And, like, you know, we this is a, a pretty familiar place for everyone because we're, you know, there's a lot of freshmen and shit. But, like, we want to have DDs and all that. So we're, we're safe. And he goes. Oh, okay, cool. I just wanted to make sure you weren't coming down here to fuck under the bridge. Because <laughs> that's a big problem we've been having recently. And I was, like, I was like, okay, bet. And then he just drove up. So I don't know if it's the worst experience that I've had, but my first time smoking was is not indicative of what you would imagine someone who then goes on to smoke consistently. My first time not smoking, but first time I ever getting high because I had smoked weed a couple of times and just didn't know how to inhale. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, my friend took my fucking Crunchwrap Supreme. He's dead now, so rest in peace, Kyle. I love you, but I hate you for doing this. Oh, I thought you were talking about he Matt. Took, I was like, took, no, <laughs> he took my fucking Crunchwrap Supreme and put it in a mailbox in one of the USPS ones where I couldn't get it back. I wish I could have seen the mailman's face. There was also a time where you were kind of being a cunt. About, about smoking. What do you mean? That was a pretty bad experience. What are you when, talking about? So that was hilarious. I don't know. A, what. Well, yeah, but I was so fucking high. <laughs> it was not hilarious for me. I was so we had this moment where me and a bunch of coworkers we we were having this social gathering. This long, long time ago. Yeah, it was it was a while back, <laughs> a couple years ago at this point probably. And so we had some coworkers who were we were all out smoking and 
Devin fucking comes outside because we're having this social gathering. You guys smoking marijuana? Hey, Hey, are we smoking the marijuana? And I like really loud, really fucking loud. And I was like, I was like, Devin, shut the fuck up. And eventually I literally just got in this car, just drove off. (laughs) Yeah. I was like, I'm not playing this game. That, you know what? That's probably the worst. Like you're so. That's probably the worst drug experience. You know what? You know why though? Because you were so scared of getting in trouble. When have you ever been caught by the police? No. I'll it's tell not, you what it's happens. Not, I know it's they not that big a deal. They stop it out. They no, stop yeah, it. Out. Yeah. No. No. I know. I, I know. And <laughs> the reason it was because because I was already I was already so high. Yeah. 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 And. Like and it was also a sativa. It was not an indica. So I was I get I get a little paranoid when I smoke sativas because it's a it's a head high. Yeah, I'm not a huge head high person. I'd much more like the relaxing and, and the body high from indica and even a hybrid. You know, you get a lot of that. So I get I get a little paranoid sometimes when I smoke sativas. That's one of the reasons why I don't very often. But then you came out was doing that shit, and I was like, oh, this is fucking asshole. <laughs> We're all just having. We're just trying to have a fucking good time. This man's out here like, hey, you smoking the marijuana? <laughs> Next I, question. I had a lot of fun with that. Also, Lily ate shit that night. That was fucking hilarious. <laughs> they, I, I cannot believe Callie let me drive her car. For for context, for context, Lily was another coworker of ours, and she decided she was going to race another coworker of ours. And mid race, she just trips and eats shit. Pretty funny. I I cannot believe because I also had like a few shots in me at that point. Yeah, I cannot believe Callie let me drive her car. That was not Callie. If you're listening to this, not a good decision. <laughs> I gotta have Callie on the show at some point. How are you gonna do that? Next time she's in Louisville, she comes here all the time. Does she really? Yeah. Well, I never. I ne- Callie, I'm I'm upset. I mean, I'm I'm exaggerating. She's here more often than you would expect somebody who lives in Wisconsin to come to Kentucky. Yeah, but like I still have heard nothing about this. I'm upset. Mm-hmm. I'm a. Aff- you know what? You know what your problem is? You You don't have socials. I have. Well, hold on. She got me on Snapchat. That was Uh, directed at you, Devin, not you, Callie. uh, What's the coolest thing someone's ever done for you? Um, That's tough. People do cool shit all the time. Um, People do cool shit all the time. People do cool shit all the time. (laughs) Uh, recently I had a friend come over and help me build a PC. That was pretty cool. Um, it's not That's quite dope. done yet. I got to get a graphics card, but I'm getting that this Good week. Luck. I'm getting it this week. Oh, really? Yeah. I already have one lined up. Um, is it like one of the, it's not a great one. It's just, it's going to be a filler for until I get a I 30 series. Cause like, yeah, the, yeah, yeah. Good luck finding yeah. one. It, it, they're saying it's probably going to be back in stock, like consistent stock at they're the end lying. of like April or May. Are you going, um, are you going to NVIDIA? Yeah, they're lying. <laughs> <laughs> but so yeah, he helped, he came over and helped me. Um, he's gonna be the one that comes over and helps me put in this graphic card as well once I get it. Uh, yeah. But that was really cool. He, he I mean he didn't charge me or anything link for it. He just was like, yeah, I, I'll just teach you how to do it. And um, you know, luckily most for most computers nowadays, it's plug and play. Yeah, that's what. But uh, I still don't trust myself to put no, it together. I understand. But, uh, I understand. I, when you're talking about hundreds will, of dollars will, worth of equipment. Yeah. My my build was sixteen hundred dollars before the graphics. You card. know what? Actually that's you probably have a really good build. It is a really good build. The one that me and Jess are looking at, we've we built it on a, a, a website called New Egg. Um uh, thirty six hundred dollars. What? I don't know where my phone went. I was about to show you a picture of my build. Never mind. Uh we'll we'll do it in post. Yeah, um, I'm sure it's somewhere. I have... Oh, it might be in the bathroom. Weird. Uh, 
What's the dumbest thing you have ever witnessed? Ooh. Where to begin? <laughs> um, that is, that's a tough question. I've witnessed a lot of dumb shit. Um, <laughs> I don't even know. I don't even know. Probably the mega episode. Yeah, when I was on the mega episode, that was especially because I was the only sober person. Which don't get me wrong, it was it was fucking hilarious. Yeah. I had a I had a fantastic time. Probably some of the dumbest shit I've ever seen in my <laughs> life. Uh, some of the also some of the dumbest comments I've ever heard in my life happened during the mega episode. Um, I don't want to call out any names, but there was someone who uh, kept constantly flirting with Thomas. <laughs> uh, you mean everyone? <laughs> <laughs> no, but like aggressively, like like more like. There was a comment made. I, I imagine that you guys have edited. You guys edited it out. But there was a comment made at Thomas um, while Thomas was walking to grab a drink, where someone specifically looked at him and said. Oh yeah, come and sit on my lap and I'll show you what comes up, big boy. And I was like, Oh my <laughs> god. <laughs> John, what the fuck? Oh, well, I wasn't gonna say any names, but uh, uh he knows what he knows what he did. <laughs> I was not gonna say any names. Um uh thoughts on fraternity. Just in general or like well, <laughs> And then the and then the like I guess the sub question misconceptions or truths. Okay, I've, I've um, not read the entire well, thing. I was not in a real fraternity. I was in a music fraternity, mm-hmm. um, which is very different. Um, to, to all my five mu alpha brothers here uh, that are listening, I'm I'm very sorry that I just said that, but you know exactly what I'm talking about. <laughs> um, so we didn't do. I was I was the partier in the, the fraternity. Mm-hmm. Um, I was the one that threw the parties. I was the one that like hosted everything. I told people how to plan parties, all that kind of shit. Um, I was also for a little while there, our recruitment chair. Um, so I had it from both ends there. So, um, as far as misconceptions, um, it's not, it's not just like hey, bro anymore. It's not that kind of community anymore. There are some fraternities that are like that. Um, and there, there is a place for that. Name them. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and there's a place for that, but um, most fraternities nowadays are a lot more professional. You, you've had a lot of issues, and the people have had a lot of issues in the past with hazing and all that kind of stuff. That's mm-hmm. not an issue anymore. Well, I mean, there is for certain places. Like you see, there was a college up in um, it was Ohio that got shut the fuck down uh, because they were beating people with spiked paddles, which is ridiculous, uh, and. Like there's this huge, and now there's this huge taboo with paddles in general. It builds character. Well, <laughs> <laughs> the process of making a paddle does build character. I will give you that. Getting beat the, sh- getting the shit beat out of you by a paddle. No, no, absolutely not. Um, so, Jesus. Um, but the. <laughs> Uh, the pro I, I'm a really big fan of paddles uh, aesthetically. Um, I understand that there is this big issue with them now because of like, like every, every frat movie that came out of the nineties was like, Oh yeah, we beat the shit out of people with these, <laughs> which is just not, it's just not the case. Uh, most fraternities that do paddles nowadays, they are 
make them. And then like we have a, we had a tradition when I was our, um, it's called fraternity education officer. It's, it's the recruitment chair um, where um, we would make pat- all the littles would make paddles for their bigs. Uh, and they would give it to them as a gift. And that's that's based in tradition where, like, I mean, back in the 80s and 90s, you would make the paddle that you so got, you you got spanked with. Yeah. <laughs> so that was based in tradition, but it's, you take out It's the basically hazing. like your mom saying, go find me a switch. Yeah, go find me a switch <laughs> to beat the shit out of you. Yeah. So it, it's based on tradition, but now it's become more of a collective, like, artistic piece rather than a, yeah. we're going to make this and you're going to, like, hate it later. Um, it's more like, Hey, like you're, you're my big and I appreciate you. Yeah. And I appreciate you. And like, let's, let's make something that we can grow from. Yeah. Um, and it was time where they could like spend together and, and, and spend time creating something because we are an artistic fraternity and doing something that like is very creative and very artistic that you could put your own personality on. Like I've seen, I've seen, I have seen some fantastic looking paddles. Um, even within like my chapter of our fraternity, uh, that just look just fantastic. I have a um, I have a paddle that my one of my littles made for me, and our our family tree's color is blue. Mm-hmm. Um, the reason for that is because our family tree. Um, so my big is Marquise, and he comes from Moorhead, and then he transferred over to U of L, and then took me as a little. And Moorhead's color is blue, mm-hmm. so we have our our red, black, and gold from our fraternity colors and then we have a blue backdrop that looks it looks really nice mm-hmm. um so just little things like that i so i'm with the paddle thing i'm 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 a big proponent for paddles i'm not a big proponent for people getting the shit beat out of them <laughs> um but that's that's a common misconception is that like people are like oh people are just still getting like hazed and shit like that which there are people that are getting hazed and i don't want to minimize that but it's not a widespread issue like a lot of people have made it out to be um the benefits, um, I mean, certainly the networking aspect of it is is definitely worth getting into. I was fortunate that I was in a very uh, cheap fraternity to be a part of. Uh, we were not as expensive as as you know the the actual fraternities on campus, uh, but we still did a lot of a lot of activities where like we got to go meet people. Like every every semester, we did this thing called a Mills a Mills Music Mission, uh, which. Uh, how my chapter did that, we would go to nursing homes and we'd sing at nursing homes. Obviously that stopped because of COVID. Right. Um, Cause you can't go to nursing homes anymore. But <coughs> before COVID, we would go to nursing homes. We would like, uh, we, and we would sing for them and get to know them, you know, do some activities with them, all that kind of stuff. And that was one of my favorite times of the year, every year. And um, we, um, we also, there was a couple of times where we went to like elementary schools and did like um, instrument petting zoos mm-hmm. where we would bring a lot of instruments and we would. Um, instrument petting zoos. Yeah. Well, we would just let them try out a lot of different instruments so that obviously, again, that changed because of COVID. Um, but we'd let them try out a lot of different things. It, it goes back to what I was saying earlier about career stuff is like, I want kids to be able to have a good first experience with that. Right. Because it's so important. And especially in a society that's going more towards STEM. And there's not as much place for the arts. It's super important to make sure kids have an, an excellent experience, first experience, so that we can bring back this this feeling that we can be in artistic fields mm-hmm. and not like have to sacrifice like livelihoods over it. Um, 
so definitely those kind of opportunities are really good. And that, that is a, those are opportunities that are specific for my fraternity. Uh, but every fraternity has events like that where they have to do some kind of charity work um, or just volunteer work. And, and um, those are very typically very, very rewarding opportunities. So I've only got two more questions uh, and you get, we're, we're running low on time here. So you're going to have to go really quick through this, this first one, which okay. I know you, you are probably, we could do a whole episode on this alone. Oh, great. <laughs> Simulation theory. (laughs) Who asked that question? (laughs) Who put you in that situation? Guess. Thomas? Yeah. Okay, great. He said... He said... Fuck you, Thomas. He said, ask him about simulation theory, and then in parentheses, he said, if you dare. (laughs) Well, but like, you've heard my rant on Right, but the people haven't. So, yeah. So, um... I, let me ask you a follow-up question. Uh-huh. Do you believe that at some point we will create the technology Absolutely. to simulate reality? Yep. So then it is far more likely that we are that in we a simulated are. reality than more. it is not. And the reason for that is if we can create the technology, how the fuck are we possibly the first civilization to do it? It makes no sense. Yeah, it, it makes no... Like, it's, it's so statistically improbable. I, I want to go on record as saying I am... I am not bought into this. I just have an open mind to it. Yeah. Um, it is It is statistically so improbable mm-hmm. that we are the source code that, and I'm also, I'm also like, yeah, I, I do have a big ego. We yeah, discussed yeah, that. Yeah. I'm not self-involved enough to think that we are the first civilization to do it. Yeah. There's, because like realistically that doesn't make sense. And if we are, you know what? Kudos. You know what? We're we're probably gonna end up being the gods of this galaxy. <laughs> Just, I'm, hey, we probably will anyway. I mean, even if we aren't, yeah, I mean, <laughs> we got to get past that great barrier. Yeah, but um, well, I mean, God, I could I could talk about so much simulation theory. I um, we're gonna, we're, I guess we're gonna have to do another episode. So yeah. I can do. <laughs> so, um, but. Yeah, um, just keeping it short, I um, I have done a bit of research on this. I haven't, you know, I'm not as well versed as as scientists or anything like that. However, <laughs> crazy, yeah. Um, there are, I mean, the. I'm just trying to figure out what points I want to make. You should do. You know what we should do? Yeah, we should schedule a wolf takes a bite. Uh, oh my god! Where you and John do simulation theory. <laughs> Are you going to be there? I mean, it'll be in the studio. Okay. I probably won't be on air, but. Okay, cool. All right. Yeah, we can we can do that. All right. To be, to be continued. To be continued. <laughs> uh, this is the last question I'm going to I'm gonna uh, end this with. What do you got for me? Can you please stop sexually harassing Thomas? Guess who, guess who asked that question? Eric. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, guys. I do not sexually <laughs> abuse Thomas. Uh, I wanted that to go on record. Anyway, guys, it's Austin Evans. Uh, thanks for listening. Um, I don't know when this show's going to drop, but... Uh, well, thank you for having me. This has been a, a long time coming. Um, yeah. I got canceled on the last... The one. whole show got canceled! The whole, and then uh, I got canceled on the next opportunity that I had. North Carolina! <laughs> but uh, yeah, so I'm, I'm really glad that we finally got this opportunity, and I, I hope to be back. Thanks for listening, guys. Yeah, you know to follow all the socials, uh, and obviously we'll be back uh, on... Monday with another thought from a mothership and catch uh, Baldcasters every Friday. Bye.